like to thank every home that is here today. Real quick, what home are you from? Say that. This area, huh? Pastor Laz, is that you? That's probably you. Welcome, Pastor Laz. All the pastors. We have a couple different regions here today. Give that a hand clap. about the outreach is the Victory Homes. Amen. I'm very honored to be up here and my mission today is to get a point across. If I can get this point across, if we can get this, I can go home right now. We can take the offering and I can sit down. <laughs> But we got to get it inside of our mind that you can recover. you got to get it inside of your mind that you can answer the call and purpose of God. My pastor's dad he used to say that success comes in cans. It don't come in cans. And if we can start believing that we can Amen. do this, yeah. if we can do this, if we can do this, if I can do it, if you can do it, and we can do this, and then guess what? We can do it. That's the point that I got to get across today. Amen. Amen. Shake your neighbor's hand. Have your seat. Once again, I'd like to thank all our homes and pastors here. I'd like to thank. Of course, Pastor Tim and Arkansas and Pastor Ronnie de la Mucha. And I'd like to thank San Jose uh, for allowing us to host this here in the heart of the Bay. This is a great honor. We're, we, we don't count it lightly to be able to be a vital tool in this great ministry. Uh, victory Outreach. Yeah. Well, now i got to say Victory Home. Papa said that at the conference. And being a part of that is a great honor. And also I'd like to thank our pastors, Pastor Esteban and Sister Chuck. I can't say that the best is their Sonny and Julie, but they have to be right there shoulder to shoulder. But I will say they're the best looking. Alright? And then you guys might have looked and seen my beautiful wife. Right today, it's because of her. Amen. But we want to get into this right away. 
And I want to read something to us here today. Amen? And what it is, it's the five critical emotional needs that every child needs to have in order to grow up to become a healthy adult to make wise decisions. They need to be respected. In other words, they need to know that they're treated in a courteous and thoughtful, attentive and civil manner as an individual. They have to know that they deserve this courtesy and consideration of others. They have to know that they're important. They have to know that they have value. They have to know that they're useful. They have to know that they have power. And they have to know that they're somebody. Tell your neighbor you are somebody. They have to know they're respected and important. Also, they have to know that they're accepted. You have to know that you're an individual in your own right. And that you have a right to your feelings. You have a right to your opinions and ideas, concerns, wants, and needs. And also a child needs to be included. You have to know that you belong, that you're a part of something, that you're connected to other people with a sense of community. And then you have to give them security. In order for a child to raise up to be a healthy adult, they have to have security. They have to know that they're safe and protected. They have to know that they're in a positive environment where people care about one another and show it. That people will express themselves and others will listen. They have to know that they're in a place where differences matter. Hallelujah. And conflicts get resolved constructively. There's structures and limits and consequences. But when we don't grow up in a home where those five elements are, we don't grow up to become what they call healthy adults. And therefore our decisions aren't made healthy. And that leads us to a place like the victory home. Can I get an amen? You see, I'm not going to put down our parents. A lot of them did what they could. And a lot of them did their best. But today we no longer have an excuse because we are educated on these things. And now we know that these elements are what we need. But I'm going to tell you again, listen closely. You can find all these elements in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We're going to open today to 1 Samuel chapter 30. And I want to hit on verse 8. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 8. It says, So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this truth? And shall I overtake them? Now, if you'll jump down to verse, I believe it's 19. And nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. Tell your neighbor, you can recover everything. Tell your neighbor, you can recover. I can recover. We can recover. Amen. You see, this story here actually begins a long time prior. If you read your Bibles or if not, I'll give you a brief summary. We know that David was anointed king while he was still in the shepherd field. And from there, he ends up in the house with Samuel, with, with Saul, I mean. 
But Saul all of a sudden gets jealous and starts wanting to kill David because he could see the special anointing on David's life. And Saul had lost his favor with God because God had given him an order. God had given David a direction and Saul was disobedient. He thought that perhaps he can think of how to do things better than God's plan. And so God had told David to snuff out all the Amalekites, their whole tribes, their animals, and wipe out their village. But David decided that he should decide who lives, who dies, what he snuffs out, what he wastes, and what he keeps. Say so he leaned on his own understanding. And so David goes on a run because Saul is jealous of him. You find later, we fast forward, that he goes to a cave called Adunam. And inside that cave, he finds 400 other people there. In other words, say that must have been L.A. and Pastor Sonny with the first recovery home. He had outcasts in there. It says that they were in debt. They were on the run. They were pushed out. They had burned their bridges. They were in that cave with David. 400 men. Then if you fast forward to 2 Kings. And in Chronicles. It refers to those same outcasts as mighty men. Mighty men of God. Are there any mighty men and women here? But there's stuff that happened from the cave of Abdullah until they became mighty men and mighty women. And in between, say in between. That's where you lose a lot of people. Hallelujah. And that's where the point comes in where you can't. Tell your neighbor you can't. Hallelujah. You see, they, David ends up running from the cave and ends up finding himself in the land of the Philistines. David God's person in the land of the Philistines. Do you know where the land of the Philistines is? Who was Goliath? He was a Philistine. Pastor Seven lives in 49ers. Ah, that's like loving Jesus. It's like even him going to a Raiders game. That ain't supposed to go down like that. And I'm going to tell you why. Chapter 22, he's in the cave of Abdullah. Chapter 23 is the last time he inquires of God. Then he starts leaning on his own understanding. It says that he thought that he should do this. He thought he should do that. He started going by his own intellect. He stopped talking to God. And he ends up in the enemy's camp. And he's there, man, winning HSs, the king there that gave him this area called Ziglag, and he wins his favor. And then a year and four months later, he's even marching with HS to go to war against God's people. And God's people are being led by Saul. 
And then the other generals, they see David marching with King Ahaz, and they have a meeting. And they ask, what's this guy doing with us? And Ahaz says, don't worry, man. He's been with me a long time. He's solid. I've tested him. He's got my back. But they said, no, send him home. We're concerned that while we're fighting, he might decide to come from the rear and get us and win favor back with Saul. Send him home. Now, they had made about 84 miles before they got to this point called Aphek. Now he journeys back home another 84 miles. 168 miles. Come on, you know the map. So he gets back. And when he arrives home, he sees the tribe of Amalekites, the village that Saul was supposed to kill, had destroyed Ziklag. He found his wives and children and everything he owned gone. He came home and he found the whole village burnt to the ground. In other words, man, it was devastating. In other words, man, terror had hit home. Terror will produce fear in a man and woman's heart, man. When you find that somebody destroyed everything, where's the Twin Towers? Terror will make you not want to move. Terror will have you afraid to go to public places, take the park, go to the malls, to the movie theaters. The Academy Awards been postponed a couple times because people were scared to touch the envelope. Well, how are you afraid? You and I have experienced things in our life that have put fear into us. And now we're afraid to answer the call of God upon our lives. When you think about answering the call of God on your life, you're afraid to step out and into the call. You're afraid to step into the deep. Because so much things has happened in your past that we're afraid. The devil, the enemy, has taken everything from David and all his men. Taken everything. And all his men are crying. And they cry until they can cry no more. It says David cried until he can't cry no more. You know, and I have been through a lot of stuff. Can I get in there? Yes. I'm talking to you, recovering from victory, right? I've been through a lot of stuff. Right? Some of us, it's been years since we Ah, it's been years. We can't cry no more. It's a blessing to cry again. I cry when I watch the Roadrunner now. I'm a famous big baby. Ah, but you hit a point where you can cry no more and they hit that point. Do you understand the story? Ah, then they want to kill David. They want to snuff David, man. Okay, sometimes you want to blame somebody. For your issues, hello. Somebody, sometimes you want to blame uh, 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 things. You understand? We want to uh, uh, blame our parents. We want to blame our schools, and like I said, a lot of it is their blame, huh? A lot of us didn't grow up in these homes that gave us the five essential elements, huh? and so they were sitting there crying. And they're sitting there blaming. But I'm going to tell you, if you can get this, you ain't going to recover nothing if you keep playing the blame game. You ain't going to recover nothing 
and you want to just stay crying about everything that you didn't have while you were growing up. It says that David was crying until he couldn't cry no more. And then they wanted to snuff him. It says that he was oppressed, that he was distressed. That means he felt everything closing in on him. At that time, man, you want to quit. At that time, man, you want to throw in the towel. You think you have enough excuses not to try anymore. But don't forget, that's a fear of terror. And then it says that all of a sudden, he encouraged himself in the Lord. It says all of a sudden that he encouraged himself in the Lord. I'm going to tell you something, man. When you decide to stop crying, when you decide to stop blaming people, and you say, you know what, man, I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord. I'm 
favorite scriptures. He started remembering. Huh? Sometimes we remember about God only when we're in trouble. Hello? When it's too late, but it's never too late. It's too late. It's better late than never. It says there, trust in the Lord and lean not but in all your ways and he will you see if you go to the Lord first before you start making your decisions he'll tell you which way to go he'll, he'll let you go away without big mistakes you can avoid a lot of trouble you can't avoid all the testing and trials that are imperative to grow you but you can avoid a lot of the unnecessary trials and troubles come on somebody when you trust in the Lord for all things he will direct your way and he'll make it straight but here David's doing it late but it's never too late thank God and he asks shall I pursue Say pursue. pursue. Shall I pursue and will I overtake? Can I get my calling back? Can I still do what God wanted me to do before I was in my mother's womb? Huh? Or did I mess up too much? Key things. He's asking God, shall I pursue what the enemy stole? Some of you, some of us, I'm one of you. God, I'm one of you. We want to go after stuff that we shouldn't be going after. We're going after stuff, man, we just got to let go. God didn't give it to you anyway. God didn't give it to you. That old man that you had. Uh, they used to sock you up every Friday night. But I love him! That wife of yours. Huh? You know who I'm talking about. While you're in prison, she had to cover someone's feet that way you could go to work the next day to send you money. Sancho. I don't want him missing no work. I need that money, girl. You still want that girl. Don't go after things without asking God, what is it I should go after? What is it I should go after? Because God has new desires for you. God has new plans for you. I'm telling you right now, man. Don't go after what's in your mind. Don't go after what God wants in your spirit.
So David takes off to recover all. The 600 men that want to kill him now follow him. You want to be a leader? Who wants to be a leader? Who wants to be a leader? Every hand should be up. You're in the recovery home. You're in the victory home. God knows what he's doing. If he just wanted you to be whatever, he would have sent you to the other home, the other church. But he sends leaders. He sends world shakers. He sends pastors. He sends evangelists. He sends leaders. He sends pastors. He sends leaders to the victory home. He is a man, the leader. You want people to follow you. You need to get your direction from God. You need to know how to strengthen yourself and encourage yourself in the Lord. And when you're filled with that kind of direction, people are going to follow you. People like to follow winners. People like to follow leaders. When you're going somewhere, when they know that if they follow you, they're going to get victory. They follow you. Don't be leading them in circles and then cry. Nobody's following you. So here they're following David. And they hit a brook called Besor. Say Besor. And all that means is cold place or cold stream. Look it up. I'll save you time. That's what it means. <laughs> but 200 people can't cross it. 200 people can't cross it. We'll come back to it, okay? Park right there. 400 people continue with David. And they hit this Egyptian. They're on the side of the road, on their path. They don't know where the enemy's gone. They don't know where to go look to recover everything. But they see this Egyptian. And they don't even ask the Egyptian their name, his name. He's on the side of the road all broken down. He's on the side of the road all hurt. Barely has any strength because if you read it, it says that they left him behind because he couldn't keep up. And so right away, David and his men just start meeting his needs. They feed him. The word even says, what they fed him. What was on the menu that day? And they just fed him without knowing who he is. Come on, somebody. You don't understand that. In order to recover what God wants you to recover, what the enemy has stolen, you need to be in service. You need to be taking care of other people's lives. There has to be a time where you get out of me, 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 me. And you start thinking of him and her. There has to be a time, man, where you switch from being part of the mission and become part of the missionary team. Come on, somebody. You have to start putting others first. You see, some of us, we think we're serving. Oh, you should have seen me in the green room. I was serving Pastor Sammy and Julie. But then a new person comes in the home and asks you for a glass of water. And you say, excuse me, I just work the green room. Directors, David was teaching his people how to be servants on the road to recovery, how to serve in the road to recovery, how to serve people, how to usher, how to greet, how to work in the parking lot, how to pass out fire. Come on, somebody. You want to be into recovery? Get out of your own trip, man, and get into serving. It's imperative. That means it's necessary. I, I got educated. Because that Egyptian ended up telling them where the Amalekites were. After David took care of him, he said, hey, what's your name? He said, I'm an Egyptian left behind. 
tells them why. David says, can you take us to where they're at? And the Egyptians said, man, I'll do better than that, but they promise, promise you don't kill me. Okay? Now David's walking with the Lord. Huh? He cares about souls. So he says, no, I'm not going to kill you. Huh? So the Egyptian takes him to where the enemies camped. And when David gets there, he goes down where they're at. And you look in the verses, you'll see that they were down there dancing. They were celebrating with everything they took in. You got to hear this voice. You got to hear this voice. Because we need this time. Oh, God, it's time. You got to get mad at the enemy, man. You got to get so ticked off at what the enemy has stolen from you, man. You need to say, that's a lot. You ain't stealing no more from me. I got the calling. They're too scared to follow their calling. Hey. I got your kids. I got your wives. I got your family. I'm going to take your grandkids. I'm going to take your great grandkids. Hey. He's partying. You got to get mad. Oh, hey. I traveled here. I'm tired. I'm weary. But I'm ready to fight. I don't care how I feel. I don't care what I'm going through. I'm going to fight for mine. I'm going to fight for my future. I'm going to fight for my family's future. I'm going to stand up and enter the call.
so-and-so said this, and so-and-so said that. But I'm here. But I just want you to know, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. 